Hey, we're on. I uh, updated the new app, or not the app, I just updated the app of uh, Anchor FM. So this is being recorded on Anchor FM. It's September 14th, folks. September 14th, about 7.25 in the morning. And we're out walking the bud. It's 86. Yesterday was cooler. So what's with this 86 thing? 86 is not cool. It's still, it's uh, cool enough, I guess. But uh, just to be consistent, we're 36% humidity at 86. Yesterday, if you remember, the dew point was only 42 degrees. So we got 86. Dang it, now I forgot already. What the, oh, it's 36. 86, 36. 86, 36 is 56. 86, 36, 56 dew point, people. 56 on the dew pointer. And uh, we're back. Yesterday we had a dew point of 40, much nicer. And um, yeah, so we're back at it, right? We're back out here podcasting and uh, with Bud. Bud got his um, little weekly bath yesterday, clean him up. He's got shaved, so Bud has long hair sometimes. If you let his hair grow out, it's nice and long, but um, in the summer sometimes, last summer we did a shaving in the early part, kept him shaved all summer. And we tried this year, the last month, long hair. So we had him long-haired during the summer. And now we just shaved him. Notice some little bumps on his skin. You can't really see him when he's got long hair. But uh, today we're going to go to the vet. Because uh, we wanted some medication from Pet Med, you know. So the vet, I don't like going to the vet because it's usually 100 bucks and I'm cheap. So, insight into your podcast host here. So, um, they called and said, we won't renew your prescription for his medicine because you have, we haven't seen him, so we'll bring him in. So, we're bringing him in. So, I'll get his skin checked and say, what's going on with his skin? Maybe we can get some special lotion for old Bud. Bud's happy. He seems pretty happy. And uh, so, Bud is marching down the street right now. And mood's pretty good right now, I guess. You know, I guess mood. I'm a moody person. Sarcastic, I guess. Is what probably my, I don't even realize. I just like probably how sarcastic I am. <laughs> I, just, I just got off the phone with my uh, General Lee, we called him. Uh, we actually, I did a podcast with General Lee in a different way a couple years ago. I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. We, we were using Google Hangouts. And we decided uh, just to record our musings, our little chats. And um, I listened to yesterday's podcast, and it just got cut off at the end. And I, I was, I forgot, what was that theme? And, and uh, I, I, I titled it Being Intentional. And uh, it kind of was just ending with um, some things that I'm working on. And... Uh, Whatever is that? What, what am I working on? Shit, I'm working. I, I probably have hundreds of projects in my head. Not nothing specific. That's a problem. They're all in my head. But that's me. You know. Get used to it, people. I'm a brainstormer. I'm an ideator. Go with my strengths. So I, I can't. <laughs> the best way to ideate is for me to sit down and talk to somebody and just go with what what's going on. Not that I have some kind of like magic wisdom 
but I think it's it's like there are only so many possibilities. I think we make life so complex, right? Because we, it's like, well, should I should I become a nurse? Should I be a doctor? Should I be a lawyer? Should I do this? You know, these are big decisions. Apparently, I mean, we think they're big decisions, right? And there's like, oh, there's so many choices, so many choices, so many choices. So you kind of, it's kind of nice to like come up with what are the options. And I, I'll, I'll start down that path and maybe I won't get a, an exhaustive, exhaustive list of everything. Because already in my, in my head, I've already figured out that I know I don't look at every option. Of course I don't. You know, I mean, I'm starting to like crazy ideas like, well, Maybe I should go be a teacher in Africa and teach math. <laughs> I mean, maybe that'll happen, you know. But it's not. It wasn't on my on my list. Or Asia. Maybe I should go to Asia. I don't know. Just like say, screw it, man. I'm just had enough of this corporate America stuff. And uh, yeah, so I listened to my podcast this morning. So that's not bad. It's not bad. And then I then I realize also it's kind of embarrassing some of the stuff I podcast. But again, like I said, I only have maybe one listener, you know. And and really, I do this for myself, right? So then I stumbled on to a new podcast title, which I'm going to mess around with in my head. But I think I think it's funny. It's per, it's for me. It's perfect because I love the movie Jerry Maguire. And so it's, it's probably not a great movie for me to, to uh, emulate. But I can't, and maybe I subconsciously just feel connected to it or I resonate with it. So I think about it. But the perfect um, new format for what I'm doing is to... I mean, we, we love Bud. Bud's been great. I love walking to Bud. And maybe I'll... Uh, Still keep the Arizona Schnoodle, Schnoodle Walks podcast. It's good. But I, I thought, you know, what's probably really describes what I do is, kind of, is something called, I, I was thinking of calling this the, uh, the things we think but do not podcast. <laughs> let, let, that, let that sink in. So that's from Jerry. He wrote it. He wrote his little mission statement and got himself fired because he wrote a little pamphlet called "The Things We Think But Do Not Say." Well, it's been 25 years since Jerry Maguire movie came out. Technology's changed, so maybe it's the things we think but do not podcast. <laughs> and I can't get fired because I don't have a job. <laughs> So there you go. So it's like better than Jerry Maguire. I've already I've already done the got fired part, and and maybe the well and actually well I only did that once. It only happened to me once. Otherwise I have a stellar, stellar work career. Some of the companies I've chosen to work for are, are not stellar, but I own it, man. You got to own that shit. I decided to work at those places. So yeah, I learned that about myself. Experience, learn, and grow model. You know, some things we experience are not, not everything we experience is good. And, uh, but we can still learn from it and grow. 
and uh, that's what the experience learn and grow model. I guess you, I got that from an interviewing person, and I'm not sure. I may have to review that. Like, how do you exactly use that? I mean, I kind of get it, right? But I, I think also they don't want you to. Some people are like, well, you don't have to. You don't have to admit that, you know. But maybe you do. I think you sort of do. Why not? I, that was an experience. I learned from it, and I grow. But have I really? You know, the question is like, okay, okay. You now identified that as an issue, but did you really? Did you really learn from it? Have you really grown, or are you still dealing with that? <laughs> I'm probably still dealing with it. So that's why I'm just not moving on into new things but we'll see we'll see we'll see what's next people probably aren't as clever as maybe i think who knows it's a process right how can everything be mature everything be um honky dory or something right so so let's say i let's say i have a let's say i really should be quote-unquote in sales right so i've kind of been resisting that like oh yeah i don't want, you know sales people right no, no and then there's these generalities like nobody likes sales people right well let's let's back off let's let me look at that a little bit there probably are a lot of sales people people don't like so just don't be one of those you know be there are sales people that people like right so and probably the in the sense of it is like well are they just are they just looking at trying to sell you something the classic oh i'm just this guy's just trying to sell me something to make his quota or something right and i'm just i'm just a person in their funnel right so if you get the sales lingo it's like the pipeline you know you got to fill up your pipeline with opportunities <laughs> And you got to, oh, you got to have a funnel. So I'm not, I'm an engineer and I come, and you got to sell technical products, right? Products are technical. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, buddy. Buds. Hey, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just got it last week. Yeah. So have a great walk. Bud. So salespeople, yeah, sales. And it's like start with, you know, what's in it for them, man? Usually, and then look, find the pain points. <laughs> what are the pain points? Well, in industrial business-to-business selling, buyers get a bad rap sometimes. Buyers. Ah, they're just a buyer. Well, buyers make a big difference. I have a lot of respect for buyers. I think buyers are are um, underrated folks to be a buyer, right? Especially like, you know, in technology companies, like, well, we need somebody to go buy the turbine blades, man. You know, they're just the turbine blades, man. We don't make them. Yeah, we outsourced that like 40 years ago. It's been outsourced. Well, it's pretty important on the blades, man. It's like, well, anybody can go buy them. We're always going to buy them from these two companies. So what's the big deal, man? There's only two companies you can buy from. 
Are we buying on price, quality, delivery? What are we buying on, man? So I, I work for this uh, company. This, this also came up in my morning thoughts, early morning thoughts as I'm waking up. I, worked, I just recently worked for a company that their tagline, you know, it's a big $2 billion company or something, when it matters, right? Doesn't that, let's think about that. I guess this is marketing. I'm moving into marketing, right? Oh, yeah. Come to us when it matters. Like, don't. If it, if it doesn't matter to you, if it doesn't matter, it's just a simple little thing. That's not for us because we're, we're the company that we only help you when it matters. Like, you know, it's, it's uh, we, you, you got some challenging problem, you know, really sophisticated problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, yeah. Come to us when it matters. <laughs> so that's marketing, baby. That was the tagline. I don't know. They'll probably, they'll probably, good co- companies probably change their taglines every couple years because you don't want, because then the sarcasm starts coming out and, and the, um, the naysayers or the people that have bad experiences can uh, get pretty sarcastic. So, I mean, I, and I'm not, I'm trying to make that work. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, it makes sense when it matters. So we, we want to do important stuff, right? Yeah. You know, or, but basically you're a contract manufacturer, dude. So basically you're, somebody else has a problem. They need somebody to manufacture something. So basically it doesn't really matter to them. You, you, you know, we wanted to think so, you know, it, it does matter to them, but it, you know, being super smart or what have you, it's a commodity. It's. CCA cards, which CCAs are circuit card assemblies. Those little, I like to call them the green things with chips on them. You know, people, the, the magic is in all the chips, but nobody wants to put all these little computer chips on a board, man. The PCBA, printed circuit card, print, printed circuit boards. <laughs> and there's probably millions of people in this industry. Most of them stand at these some Korean, South Korean machines that, that are automatically put these little chips on the cards. In our life, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sarcastically joking about it because uh, it's not my thing, you know. I'll, I tried to sell it, do the best I can. But I have pretty simple philosophy in life. If you have a customer and you're pissing them off, because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. It's pretty hard to sell them, right? Right? You got a customer there and you're selling them a bunch of stuff and then they get pissed off at you over the year. And this stuff's technical, so it's not easy. It's not like you go to Burger King and have a bad burger and like just go, "Okay, I'm done. I'm not buying a Burger King anymore." This is business to business. It's Hey man, you know, you, you said you're going to send me 30 burgers last month and you only sent me 20 and you're late delivering these other burgers. And then the, the seller's like, well, it's just a, it's not really a burger. It's not like you have to eat it right now. I mean, can you like there's there's some experts out there that that do like customer relations. You know, I remember this one company I worked at, like they, they praised how great she was because um, let's say you're supposed to deliver 100 units that month. And she was a, a sweet voice on the phone and like, 
oh, hi, we're having problems. I know the due date is September 30th, but we had some problems here. Could you push the date out to like October 21st? <laughs> and and she was praised because of how how successful she was at like dealing with the customer and the customer would say, oh yeah, for you, you sweet little thing, we'll move the date out to October 21st because, you know, you called us a couple weeks ahead and asked if you could and we're building an engine for the V22. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter because we don't really need it. And there's 3,000 parts in the engine, so if your parts don't come in, if they don't come in, you know, on the 30th of September when we ask for them, that's okay because you're not the long pole in the tent, are you now, right? The proverbial long pole in the tent, okay? So if you don't deliver on the 30th of September, that's fine. And really, in this kind of industry that I'm in, it's, there are like th- literally 3,000 parts that you need to build stuff that are coming from probably like, who knows, maybe a 1,000 different companies, right? So as long as you're not the long pole in the tent, everything's honky-dory. So call up and get the date changed to October 21st. Then your company, your internal company, can claim, well, what's your on-time delivery percentage? Oh, we're we're 99% on time. And then there's the OTTR, man, on time to request. So if the request was September 30th, you didn't make it. But if sweet sweet thing calls up and gets the date changed to October 21st, oh magic, we're on time. And the only request that matters is the last request, right? The the initial request was September 30th. But OTTR metrics, let's get the date changed to October 21st. So, So some sweet talkers can get that to happen. And it's important because then, you know, the management, management can stand up there and say, Oh yeah, our on time, our on time to request is uh, 99%. We're 99% on time to request, baby. And a new customer comes in and goes, "Wow, this this supplier's got there. They're really good, man. They're on time to request is 99%. So there." We want to give them our business because they deliver, man. Quali- and, their, and their quality metrics, look at that. Like escapes, they call them escapes, right? Like if you sent 100 items and they get to the factory floor and the mechanic tries to assemble it on the, whatever he's building and it doesn't fit, doesn't work, something wrong with it. That's a quality escape, man. Quality escapes. What's, how many escapes did you have last quarter? Oh, well, we were at only 0.5% escapes, man. Of course, it's not the supplier's fault either, too. So this is the gray area you get into. Like, what if 
the, you know, the supplier receives something and tries to build it in and it's a software thing. So it's really not really an electronics manufacturing thing. It's like, who's to blame for it, right? So then you get in a debate about, oh, well, you know, you know it's, it really wasn't a quality escape. You told us to test it this way and we tested it before you sent it. So it was fine when it left. I don't know what happened to it in your factory. Maybe you guys damaged it, right? They even had the, the best example of that was this funny one with these Airbus 380 um, escape slide pod things. There's, they're pretty big. They're like eight foot by four foot sheet metal structures with an escape chute in it made here in Phoenix. And they get sent to France, Toulouse, and a French guy, Pierre Inspector, Inspector Pierre says you're missing a bolt, you know, a five cent bolt or no nut came unscrewed or something in shipment, right? So the company in Arizona is like, well, no, when we sent it out to you, it already had that bolt on there, right? So this is, this thing probably weighs about 300 pounds. So the French guy, Pierre, the inspector in Toulouse, France is like, well, you know, uh, we send it back to you because, you know, it's missing a bolt. And then we don't have to pay you $30,000 for it because, and they might even do that. See, then, then you get these sneaky little things that happen as some, some French guy, Pierre, the, the bean counter is like, dude, we can't keep receiving stuff on time. I mean, that, that, uh, $30,000 escape chute came in here on September 30th, just like we asked. But, but they're not the long pole in the tent. So we don't want to pay them 30000 because we're not going to ship. We're not shipping the airplane for another three months. So Bean Counter's like, dude, I, we, we don't want to pay the supplier $30,000 for on-time on delivery. And here it is. Bean, send it back. You know, unscrew that bolt and tell them it was missing. You know? And who's going to know? And the, the supplier is suspicious. So they're like, you know what? We need to take photos of these things before we ship them, right? Because they put them in a box. And it's highly unlikely that a bolt is going to come undone just sitting there. And, and it's a $30,000 item, let's say. So naturally, that's like play games. Maybe they got three of them on time. Maybe the, maybe the buyer originally, like 12 months ago, said, hey, there's a 12-month lead time in this and, you know, so, okay, well, send us three of them. Send us four on September 30th, 2019. All right, all right. 11 months go by and you're like, okay, we're shipping them. Ooh, man, we got so many long poles in the tent on this A380. We, ain't, we don't need those four things. But it's too late now to change the schedule because, you know, there's rules, you know. We can't, we can't push it out because we're within the window where we said we would accept it. And the bean counters are like, oh, my God, we, we can't be putting out 120 grand to pay these guys. We, we're not going to sell the airplane for three months. Oh, my God. Tell them, tell them, tell them, unscrew a bolt. Uh, Pierre Inspector, what, oh, there's a bolt missing. Oh, oh, my gosh. There's a bolt missing on this thing. And, the, but, and then Pierre, the inspector's like, well, can't we just have them send us over a five-cent bolt and put it on ourselves? No, no. Don't you get it? The whole point. The whole point is to send it back. The whole point is to send this thing back to, to Arizona so we don't have to pay him 120 grand. 
and we, you know, we don't want to pay them 120 grand. Yeah, so it's going to cost us hundreds of dollars in shipping, but I'd rather pay a couple hundred dollars in shipping to ship it back to Arizona than pay them 120 grand. Oh, okay. Pierre, the inspector's like, oh, okay. Well, we're French guys, so we're you know, we're gonna. It's not a cultural thing either. I'm just saying they're way over on the other side of the globe, so they can. They can have their little meeting in France and have a little espresso at lunch. Oh, yeah, Pierre. Pierre, we, uh, you know, we need to reject those pawns because we're, uh, they're, they're here way too early. And, and if Pierre has a conscience, he'd be like, well, we ordered them, right? Oh, yeah, well, you know, you know how aerospace is, you know. Sometimes you order them for September 30th, but, you know, you don't really need them until December 30th. And, you know, that was uh, 18 months ago. You know, that was based on the best information of the time. My, the favorite, my favorite English excuse. So why did you order those for September 30th? Well, that was based on the best information available at the time. <laughs> it took me a long time to practice that one. And if you like it yourself, listener, that is like the best excuse I've ever heard in my life. I mean, there's probably other ones, I'm sure. But this one, I, had, I decided this one is so good. Such a great excuse that I'm going to have to practice it. And you have to... It's so complicated that you do have to practice saying it. So someone challenges you on something like why something went wrong or why, why are we in a bad situation? And you just go, well, well, I'm sorry, sir, but uh, that decision was made based on the best information available at the time. Oh, really? So I already had the counter argument because I'm a smart ass. The counter argument is like, well, why didn't you get better fucking information, people? <laughs> but, but between two English people, that must be code word. That's, that's a code excuse. Like, you know, hey, that, that decision was based on the best information available at the time. And it's like, you don't ask, like, did you really get the best information? Or did you just, like, wing it and make a choice? Like, yeah, September 30th. You know? It's just kind of like, well, okay. I've heard that before. I'm English. I'm English. I've heard that before, so I will just back off. Yes, that that decision was based on the best information available at the time. Yes. Well, you can't argue with that, can you now, sir? No, yes. No, you can't argue with that. I can. I said, well, get better information, damn it. <laughs> but anyway, so I diverged. I diverged, divulged. This is the podcast. This is the things we think but do not podcast podcast. So I've asked the General Lee in South Carolina. He's got a great baritone voice. And this podcast, one thing it should be known for is dulcet tones. The dulcet tones is the sweet sounding voice. And really, if you're listening to this, the number one value you get out of this is you get to listen to somebody speak with dulcet tones. You didn't even know about dulcet tones. You had to Google it. I had to Google it. And I've got them. I've got the dulcet tones, man. I didn't even know it. And I'm gifted with dulcet tones. So there you go. And I learned that from another Englishman. Don't we love the English? The English. We love the English. Dulcet tones, baby. So my South Carolina guy, he's got baritone dulcet tones. He's a and he's got a southern accent a little bit, but it's a it's a it's a it's a dulcet tone, baritone, intelligent, uh, intelligent uh, southern, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, 
That comment was made based on the best information available at the time, right? I just made that comment based on the best information available, okay? So back off, critics. Back off. I love this. Let's keep that going, man. Keep those excuses coming, baby. Because there is no thing, such thing as perfection, is there, right? We, we want perfection. We want just outstanding perfection in all kinds of ways, but we don't get it. So is that, that's, uh, maybe that's just life, you know? Prepared to be disappointed, Princess Bride. Prepared to be disappointed, my friend. So that's what we got. So I'm walking, you can't see this, but I'm, because it's a podcast, but I'm walking out to the new freeway. So it's getting close, man. They got the bridge here. I'm walking on this bridge that is finished in 2019. So in 2,119, 100 years from now, will there be people walking through here going, wow, that's okay. It's just a freaking bridge. But it wasn't here before. It is new. And uh, I, there's not going to be a ramp here. This is a, I want to go up over here, bud. Let's go take a look. So this is growth, you know, through negotiations with Indian reservations and things like that. And the compromises came out. They made this decision based on the best information available 30 years ago. And they stuck with it. <laughs> they, didn't, they, they didn't say like, well, that decision was made based on the best information 30 years ago, maybe we should change the, the path of the freeway. But no, it's, it is what it is. And let's make the best of it. So we're walking up. I'm walking up to the, the new freeway, man. This is kind of cool. So supposedly by the, before the end of 2019, which I jokingly say December 30th, 31st, we'll be cruising on this baby. It's only three months from now. So I'm, I'm walking up this dirt ramp, not knowing if they've got asphalt down yet or not. But I have now confirmed as I reach the top that they do not have the asphalt yet. They do have a path and they do have the concrete bridge in. And the hard work has been done. I mean, they had to build this up to make this path. And they've done a mighty fine job of it, right? So I'm walking down here. And uh, I'll be driving 90, maybe 100. Maybe I'll do a 130 on this current corner sometime because that's just the kind of guy I am. And I'm a rule breaker, baby. Rule breaker, chain breaker. See, rules are kind of like chains, so we'll get spiritual, man. There's a song about Jesus being a chain breaker. Well, speed limits to me are just chains. Let's go 130, people. If the Germans can make a car go 155 and we turn it down to 130, let's go 130. It'd be fun to go 155, but... That's 25 miles an hour. That's the speed limit. 25 miles. I'm just going 25. I can spin that. I'm a spinner full of shit, maybe. I don't know. Hey, they got some asphalt over here. That's kind of cool. I should probably take some pictures because this won't, 
Oh, yeah, I thought about riding my bike, so I'll probably get a chance to ride my bike on here before they actually open the baby up. And since it's September 14th, it's still too hot. What do you want to do, buddy? You want to hop over? Oh, nice job, bud. Hopped over the little pipe. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know how far I'm going to walk down here because I don't think that I'm, I'm in wall territory now. Okay. So, this is wall. So, that means I'm on the south side of this wall and I'm not going to get, I'm not climbing the wall, man. So, I probably have to turn around here soon and go back. And this is all information you don't need to know, but this is the things we think, but do not podcast, podcast. So, as long, along with, um, the Arizona schnoodle walks. Buddy's Arizona schnoodle walks. So yeah, I'm standing over here on the edge. There's a little concrete barrier here. It's nice. Some rebar. Oh, there's a little pond of water over there. That's nice. No swimming, of course. And there's some, uh, we're at the corner of the Indian reservation here. So I squeeze it in. There's some nice views here, actually. So maybe... Now, maybe I'll be able in the future hop over the highway and just stand over here. I don't know. It's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be some fencing or something. They're probably not going to want, they're not going to want Bud and I to be over here three months from now. They're not going to want Bud and I to sit on this freeway corner and chill out when it's quiet and ruig and just chill, right, Bud? But at least it's not so hot out today. So, yeah, so delivery, performance, you know, um, all kinds of good things. I guess that's just life, man. Um, Pierre, the inspector, send that $120,000 worth of stuff back because we're not ready for it. But we ordered it for September 30th. Ah, That's all right. We got our own sweet thing on our end. Uh, Michelle... uh, Hey, Michelle, will you call the Arizona? Oh, yeah, maybe we, monsieur. Monsieur, monsieur, yes. Hello, this is Michelle. Michelle from Toulouse. How are you? This is Michelle. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I have to report that you're missing a five-cent knot on this boat, and we need to send you back all the uh, packaging. (laughs) We have to send you back $120,000 worth of stuff. This is Michelle. Uh, yes, oh yes, it's beautiful there in Arizona. Yes, sunshine. I heard. I went to the Grand Canyon in high school. Oh yes, yeah, beautiful. But I have to tell you, I'm so sorry to tell you that I need to send you back your hundred and twenty thousand dollars because you're missing a five cent bolt on it. Now I sound like I'm Indian. I don't know. Maybe. I'm, and I'm Michelle. Uh, Michelle uh, from Toulouse, but I'm you know Michelle Hakon, and I'm really from um, India. <laughs> but I went to school in the UK and uh, and I really like the French more than the English so I got my degree in Birmingham and then uh, you know I met a French guy there and you know he's in Toulouse and so you know I come back and I drink the wine and I love it I love this Toulouse and so I'm so sorry that I have to tell you that uh, your quarterly uh, financial report will now be screwed <laughs> <laughs> because I know you wanted to report like $3 million 
of income, but you know, it's only 120,000, you know, so some people's bonuses might be screwed. But you know, I'm Michelle and we have a glass of wine. You come, next time you come to Toulouse, I, uh, we go to have some nice French food and wine. And you know, you know, don't, don't bring any five cent washers with you. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to say that you could just fly over here for $5,000 and uh, put the bolts on for us. No, no, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. This is quite a bit of misunderstanding, Michelle. And uh, so there you go. And here comes a, a freeway worker now. I will change it in my way. So we're back in Arizona. The freeway dude is driving by. And we're just walking the dog. I don't know. Is the guy going to say something to me? Hey, bud. He doesn't want to. I don't know if he's saying anything. We're just going down. So, so that's deliveries. So you want on-time delivery? So all these metrics are interesting. So, so what is the, what's the story on that? Hey, bud. Oh, buddy. They just working on the highway, bud. Oh, buds, yeah. It's a little trucky. It's just a truck. So, um, yeah, so on-time delivery, quality metrics, it's all debatable. But let's just take it to the executive level, you know. The buyers are on the phone. Michelle is sweet-talking them. Everybody's, like, uh, have their agenda, of course, you know. But, you know, so we deal with it, right? So I guess we have to deal with it. But my sarcasm is pretty strong, right? So, I mean, I worked for this company, the tagline, getting back to the tagline of when it matters. Oh, that is so, you, if you're looking for someone to deal with your electronics and you're, you're thinking about, huh, should I go to this company? Well, I don't know, what, what do we know about them? Oh, well, their tagline is when it matters. Well, does it matter to them or to us? I mean, when, <laughs> is it when it matters? when it matters. Does it matter to us? Or does it matter to them? Well, every business, you know, we're American, we've got the quarterly report, we've got the finances, we've got to make money, you know, so yeah. So every business deal, it matters to them. It doesn't, it's, it's yeah, sure, it's when it matters, of course. We will deliver the parts to you when it matters to us, right? <laughs> and if you want to send parts back to us, no, 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 that doesn't, that's not good for us. We, that, that does matter to us. And we're saying, no, you keep the parts, even though you ordered way too many. That's, sorry, that's business. We got a purchase order and I got a quarterly meeting and I got stockholders and I got to show that the stockholders got the quarterly business. Okay. So there you go. That's, I'm still learning, experience, learn and grow. So the sarcastic thing is like, you're a customer, you're gonna thinking about doing business with somebody and their tagline is, when it matters. And in good grammatical fashion, you know, we, should all be, we should all be a little bit more adept in language. And the question should be, well, what is it? What do we mean by it? Does quality matter? Does on-time delivery matter? 
or it is just like 5G, micro E, high tech stuff that we've never done before. Is that the only thing that matters? You know, only the, the high tech micro, you know, wearable electronics, man. We can do wearable electronics. Is that the only thing that matters? Or your $2 billion worth of pissed off customers that can't get shit out of your factories, right? So I sound a little bit bitter now, right? But I, I'm a salesman. So I guess I need to learn. Like you pretty much, you can only sell quality and performance. And otherwise you're lipstick on the pig. And that's kind of what I was. I was a uh, cosmetic counter salesman in the mall. I'm not a very good looking cosmetic salesperson in the mall. But so truth be told, not every customer that comes into the cosmetic counter is also beautiful like me. So, so there you go. But you put lipstick on the pig, as they say. Small diversion. Sarah Palin and her husband are separating their ways. I think, what was his name? Todd. Todd. Todd was such a stud, you know. Outdoorsman in Alaska. Snowmobiling, hunting, oil man. He was a man's man, right? Todd. But he's human. We're all, it's all human. And I got to stop. I mean, I mean, just, we all want to, would we all wish to be Todd? I don't know. Who knows? Not, and that's not simply to be in a relationship with Sarah Palin. I didn't mind, I'm optimistic. I didn't mind Sarah. Some people can't stand her, hate her. But she's famous for the lipstick on the pig comment, right? And putting lipstick on the pig, man. And unfortunately, I think that's what we do our whole lives. Deep philosophical moment. Lipstick on the pig. You sell your house. You stage it. You make it look wonderful, better looking than it's ever looked in the last 15 years. But because you're selling it, all of a sudden, bammo, let's stage this baby. Make it look so awesome. And it, and it is awesome. Right? So you might as well make it look as good as possible. Maximize your dollar. Spend five grand, ten grand on staging your house if you can get another twenty or thirty thousand out of it, right? Get some ROI, man, return on investment. To stage this house, you know, get some ROI. What's it gonna cost? If I put five grand into like staging, you know, I gonna get another another ten, fifteen grand out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Lipstick on the pig. So, when it matters, I sent a note to the, uh, as a buyer. When I first started the company, they said, okay, this is, you know, West Coast, take care of this company in California. I'm like, all right, I don't know this business. Let me go talk to a buyer. I always like buyers. Buyers tell you the truth. First buyer goes to lunch. He says, we well, got to go to lunch. Go to lunch. Go to lunch. You guys suck. You know, your factory over here sucks. Can't deliver. No quality. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I got a spreadsheet here that says you guys spend $10 million with this year. Oh, shit, that's a lot of money. 10 million bucks. Holy cow. But we suck, huh? We suck. Okay. Well, all right. I don't know enough to know whether we suck or not. So I listen to that. There's no reason not to believe her, right? And, and then I find out, you go to the factory and say, hey, uh, what's going on with these guys? I mean, they say we suck on delivery and quality. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we just, 
we were a factory of like $40 million a year. And now they just, you know, the, the corporation moved like another $40 million of the business. So we're swamped and we're trying to catch up. And, you know, these transitions and shit, uh, you know, moving, moving uh, supply from site A to B, you know, they never work real well. And I'm like, well, you know, my job is to build relationships with customers. And this one's like really pissed. So I don't know, are you going to do something about it? No, well, no, lip service, go away. We don't like it when business development people or salespeople come into the factory. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it, Yeah, Because that's their silo, man. I'm a Navy, you know, whatever. This guy's general manager. I'm an Army guy, Colonel, General. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. All right. Three months go by. Hey, how's it going? Anything better? No, still the same. You guys suck. (laughs) You guys suck. And they, they go like, well, we have another supplier and we get a phone call from you. It says, I can't find XYZ part and we need to have XYZ part to deliver your, uh, your circuit card assembly. And the lead time on that XYZ part is eight weeks. I can't get it for eight weeks. Oh my gosh. Well, you got parts due. I know, I know. We're still looking. We're still looking for the parts. We'll let you know if we can find them in less than eight weeks. What's the part number? It's uh, five, four, three, four. Standard part that electronics world, you get these, you buy these things from all over. So what does the buyer do? She calls up her other supplier. Says, hey, Tommy, out of curiosity, you know, I'm dealing with this $2 billion company that really should have like buying power. And I know you're only like a $50 million a year company. You only do $50 million with business. But maybe you're clever. Can you find this part? All right, let me take a look customer you're cool we we do about five million dollars of the business that's your 10 percent of our business i'm interested in what I'm, I'm interested in building a relationship i'll, I'll take that work on that if they're if they're not if they're not performing give it to me man i can do it you know i can do it okay well just check on this part for me will you okay check on the part oh yeah uh i uh 24 hours later yeah, I call up. I uh, I search around. Uh, I got a buyer over here, or a seller, or a distributor. I I can get that part next week. Really, you can get that part next week. Oh, oh, you can get it next week. Okay. Well, um, I'll tell you what. That's interesting information. Would you mind sharing me what distributor you can get that from? Yeah, that's uh, ABC's uh, ABC distributor here in. Uh, San Diego. All right, all right. Thanks, Tommy. I, we're kind of stuck with this other supplier right now, but I'll see what we can do. But thanks for the information. We really help. We really appreciate your service and help, even though you're not building this card. But, you know, thanks. Buyer calls up the, our company. Hey, man, uh, you called me two days ago and told me you couldn't get this part for eight weeks. And I need the assembly in three, so I can't wait eight weeks. And I called another guy and he said he can get the part next week. And it's supplier ABC in San Diego. Can you go get the part and make my dang assemblies for me? It's kind of like um, you ordered a, a Swiss cheeseburger and the, the, the uh, cook says, oh, I can't get, I don't have any Swiss cheese right now. I mean, I know you ordered Swiss cheese, but can you, would you take cheddar? <laughs> no, I want Swiss cheese. All right. Well, you're not going to get the burger for eight weeks, you know, because I can't get any Swiss cheese for eight weeks. 
And then the guy is like, well, I got Swiss cheese over here next week. And, uh, and they're like, oh, I can't buy cheese from them. They're not, a, they're, not on our, they're not on our approved supplier list. You know, and so then it just gets to be a, it's just like an endless uh, discussion. And it's like customers don't want that. They just want, just deliver the dang things on time. You know, we asked for it. So deliver it. So anyway, that's when it mattered. So I sent her a little note, I guess. She, she pulled $10 million with a business out of that company that lost it. The general manager, the last meeting they had before all the work was pulled was like, hey, do you have any new business? <laughs> and the buyer called me later and said, I can't believe the general manager with this poor performance of delivery and quality, whatever, whatever's going on, is asking for more business. One, I should have been there because he should have told me that he was going and tell me about things. Maybe I could smooth things over. But no, not business development guys, you're after new business. Just go get new business. And, uh, you know, we'll take care of the customer, the organic growth, man. It's organic, because we're doing $10 million worth of business with them right now. So, gee, we got, if they, if they have a new part, you know, and we're doing business with them, and we're so good that they give us another $2 million, that's organic growth, because we're just so awesome at quality delivery, and they just love us because we perform, and we don't need a business development. So you, you got to go get new customers. You know, that's your job is to get new customers. But then when the $10 million gets walked away, they're like, holy shit, they're walking it away? Are you kidding me? You're walking $10 million out the door? Well, who's the business development guy? Who, he better get in there and put some lipstick on this pig real quick because we're losing $10 million. Oh, but really, you know what? Just let it go. Oh, it's too embarrassing. We'll make it up with some other side. We got this new business over here. You know, we'll get 10 more million dollars over here. So that's kind of the situation people get in. It's probably, it's not unique to me. I'm just podcasting the things I think, but do not podcast. So that $10 million goes away. And the, I can remember the buyer now telling me, like, Michael, just stop asking me if, if, we, if you got any new business for us to build for you. Because you know what? We're not giving you anything new. You guys can't perform. In fact, she didn't come out and say it, but obviously the results are they moved all $10 million somewhere else. That's just the way it is. In the operations, people can say, ah, oh, well, we, you know, we can't help it. We, we got a dealt a bad hand. You know, all this new work was pushed in here, so... You know, now we're, we're at 80 million now. We're only at 40. We don't have the staff to do it. We can't perform. Howdy. It's almost cooled off. Not quite. Almost. Almost. I don't know if you've done this before, but it looks like you're on a long hike. But uh, have you hiked up the new freeway over here? I know you could. There's, yeah, today was the first time I saw it. If you go, there's a bridge out to the left. Yeah. You'll see it when you normally go over yeah. there. And then right now there's stones. You can just go right up on the freeway and look around. Did they? Well, you got to have a dog with you. Then they won't. He was barking at him. That's for picking up. You got 
well, you got a stick, you can hit them in the head. That no, they, they, they drove by me. They didn't bother me. Oh, okay. So if you want, just take a look. Oh, okay. Well, he's not here right now, so go for it. So, <laughs> so uh, where was I? Yeah, so she's telling me, like, go, Michael, go sell, go find a new company that doesn't know how bad you are. Now, isn't that lovely? <laughs> but basically, it's saying, hey, you got a pig. You're trying to sell a pig. And I know you're putting good lipstick on it. But uh, go find a company that doesn't really know how bad you are, and then, then maybe you have a chance. Because we have been doing business with you for a couple years, and you suck, and we're done. We're out. We're done. Ten million bucks. Bye-bye. And then a $2 billion company, no big deal. Who cares? Just, just move on. We got, and because they're putting out fires in the factory, they got other customers that are pissed, too. So more than likely, like the customer that's spending $40 million every year is getting all the attention and they just let the $10 million go away. Bye-bye. And uh, a lot of that has to do with teamwork. I try to get involved with the team to help improve, at least communicate better. But you get pushback, you know? The operations people are like, I oh, know, we're operations, we know. We know there's there's so many you don't know the details you know the problems. So selling a pig, selling a pig, and some people I have a lot of, a ton of respect for a 20 year guy who tried to help me get started, and uh, and he's he knows the people for years he knows the business he knows the operations and he knows how to he he gets a lot more respect than I do because I'm the new guy trying to have fun and stuff like that and trying to make it trying to find the positive things out of here but it's just too effed up to uh, when their factory is so effed up and they can't they're just like on fire with fires they don't they don't think strategically they, they don't and they don't want any help right they it's like there's all these fires going on oh you don't you don't have time for strategic thinking and we just got to put the fires out fire and I guess I should learn from my uh, my boss said something really wise one time. It's, it's like some people, it's like there's fires, yeah, and that's a distraction for operations. And then some people in the company are actually what they call arsonists. Ooh, an arsonist. Oh, they're just an arsonist. Because then they arson it, start a fire. And then they, you know, everybody's like sees this fire. Nobody knows where it came from. And then they come swooping in and save the day. Like, oh, I saved the day. You know, we had these problems with this customer. And uh, they were so upset with us. And, you know, here's the fire. And I came in and we, we had meetings every two weeks. And I spent a week in Mexico. Every two weeks, I'd go down to Mexico and make sure they delivered and, you know, and then you back up and you're like, nobody asked the question like, so did you, uh, did you do anything to prevent this crisis from developing? Or did you just let the crisis develop and develop and develop it until it just turned into a raging fire? A raging fire. And we're dealing with like num part numbers and assembly numbers and dates. We're not dealing with a physical forest fire. 
but that's actually what it is. And now I just had a brainstorm. Like there's a guy who wrote the book, the famous book called The Goal. And he kind of walked through things. And I got, he has a really, he was on the operational side. I probably should relook at the book. It's like a 30, 40 year old story. But uh, it's the same story going on today. And the same, same crap. Like maybe, maybe we shouldn't be surprised. It's the same. I'm such an idealist, optimist, hoping things are better. But it's the same thing. So when it matters, well, that buyer that pulled the $10 million out of this company said had enough. I said, what do you think it means? <laughs> does, it, does delivery matter? Does quality matter? Obviously not. Not for that customer. It all it was was deliver it on time, baby. You've had the orders for a year. Oh, but you know, but they don't order well enough. You know, they keep they keep sending in orders like a month ahead of time, and like we've told them, give us a forecast. Get a we need a forecast. I'm like, well, do you think In and Out Burger, like if there's people coming to In and Out Burger, and they go like, wow, this bus just showed up, and the you know these customers having to wait. 45 minutes to get their double-double animal fries, you know, and a chocolate shake. It's taking 45 minutes. Do you think, do you think that In-N-Out Burger is going to go like, oh, come on, people. You got to forecast better. We, we didn't know you guys were all going to show up, you know. So it's a really whiny excuse to say, well, well, we need a forecast. Well, why don't you talk? Why isn't somebody talking to them? You want a forecast, 12-month forecast? Here verbally work to it oh no we need a po we need a po for that i was like well look we've been poing you for the last 12 months at 100 a month and i'm telling you it's going to 150 a month next year so put it in your forecast you have your own forecast take some risk people oh no we don't we're a two billion dollar company man we don't take any risk we don't take any risk man so this is the kind of crap that you put up with. And it's, it, I guess I'm kind of shocked by it because I have wishful thinking that it shouldn't be this way. And I'm right. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. So that's probably why they hire people to deal with the entropy, to deal with the crap. But we need to tell people that someone at the top level needs to get the message out that, hey, Asking for a forecast from the customer that you've been laid on for a whole year, it's a bit whiny. Just put in your own forecast and let's go. You know, start delivering. We'll work it out. But don't, but it just becomes this pissing match. And, you know, at least, I mean, they say, well, once lawyers get involved, it's over. Well, I don't think any lawyers got involved in this. It's just working, blocking, and tackling business. And the buyer had enough, had seen enough, wasn't getting response had an alternate supply, and switched. That's easy. Quality delivery. I guess I'm a little concerned about selling engineering because, I mean, engineering's nice if you can do it, but that's pretty vague stuff, engineering. That's really a wishy-washy thing. When you start delivering manufacturing product, it's either on time or it's not. You can have a sweet gal call and say, 
can we push out the due date three weeks because we had trouble with this and blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. So we're coming up on the end of the podcast here. I'm, it's kind of a long one, I think. But it is, it truly is, the things we think but do not podcast.